Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Got a great show for you guys today. This is the Arkansas versus Cincinnati primer. We're going to dive deep into all aspects of this game. We also got a special guest, Josh Pate from the Late Kick with Josh Pate, going to join us a little bit later. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. And before we get started, of course, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't followed the page yet, become one of 90,000 Razorback fans to do so. Throw us a like on this video if you're enjoying it. Also, subscribe to our YouTube page. Throw us a thumbs up there and hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. We had just one review after last week's ask. One person reviewed. It was a former Razorback. I really appreciate that review. It says he tunes into every show. And, um, yeah, available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, all those platforms. And Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month, but I'm going to encourage you not to sign up today. Okay, just wait till 11 o'clock tonight. Okay, we got a real big special coming up. All right, that's all I'm going to say. Just wait till tonight to sign up at Hog Sports. You're going to want to, you're going to want to join on, in on that. Okay. All right, where are we going first? What do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> so, should be a pretty incredible atmosphere. I don't know if it'll compare to like the Texas game last year, but you know, people are anxious for football season. It's going to be a great crowd. Uh, Texas wasn't even seventy-six thousand. I'm not even sure if that was is that the like the official capacity. I've said before they need to get an intern just to go through and count the seats because we know there's not seventy-six thousand seats there precisely especially if Texas is only 74, 500 or so. So it uh, should be a great crowd. Definitely over 70,000 going to be there. Um, obviously a little bit different measuring stick of how they, they do tickets and stuff. But uh, for those of you wondering about information, the top 25 matchup is the first one in an opener since 1980 when they took on Texas. First time that uh, if Arkansas wins, this would be the first win they've had against the top 25 opponent in the opener since 1974 against USC. So it's been a while to have a game like this opening things up. Game is on ESPN at 2.30 p.m. It's a great time slot, great time to get recruits in, give you a little time to get lathered up at the tailgate, get into the game. It's not going to be cool. It's going to be 90 degrees, but it's going to be enjoyable. It's not going to be like those 90-degree days where the team sucks, right? This is going to be a battle, though. I mean, I think a lot of Razorback fans are confident. I think you should be confident uh, but Cincinnati's a team with a lot of tradition. And, uh, I mean, they've won 10 games in eight of the last 15 seasons. I mean, Luke Fickle has barely dropped any games in the last four years. Obviously, they lost a lot off last year's team, but they'll replace a lot too. You know, it kind of brings me, when I think about Cincinnati a little bit, I think about some other teams from, you know, not major conferences that have had a lot of success in the past. Uh, Boise State probably would be the measuring stick until Cincinnati. I mean, nobody's made a college football playoff, but Boise maybe 2006, 2009, maybe one of those years. 
would have made a college football playoff as a, as a mid-major type. The thing with Boise is, you know, they would beat big teams. You know, they wouldn't schedule – they would, obviously wouldn't play a lot. You know, they, they didn't play in a major conference. But, uh, you know, like they played Oregon, I think, in 2009 to open the season. It was a very, you know, pretty low-scoring game. I think that's when LeGarrette Blunt hit that dude for Boise. I think that might have been that year. But, anyway, uh, 2006, 2009, Boise. You know, Miami, how with um, – Ben Roethlisberger, Utah, 2004, 2008, had a couple of undefeated teams. This is before they joined the Pac-12. TCU in 2010 had an undefeated season. This was before they joined the Big 12. UCF, obviously. You know, UCF won 34-27 over a 10-3 Auburn team and claimed a national championship. Hawaii, 2007. You know, they were really good that year. They got waxed, though, by Georgia. Uh, so there's only a few teams that, you know, that like kind of run through their schedule um, and, you know, from, the, you know, a mid-major type of conference and then, you know, play a big boy like at the end that, you know, and beats them kind of like Boise did with Oklahoma, the Statue of Liberty play. But, you know, I think the biggest thing that we're going to notice about this game, first of all, the reason you shouldn't get confident, too confident, too Cocky, I should say. Confidence is different than cockiness. The reason you shouldn't get too um, cocky is because Cincinnati is very well coached. They've got a system that really works. They obviously have drawn talent there. They had nine players drafted last year. When's the last time Arkansas had that? You know, uh, a, a quarterback drafted in the, what, third round. Um, you know, wide receiver, running backs all drafted pretty high. A couple of cornerbacks drafted extremely high. So they've got some to replace too. But I think what's going to be the biggest thing you're going to notice when you go out there for pregame warm-ups is just the size difference. You know, Arkansas is going to be a much larger team, and that's going to stick out, I think, uh, right off the bat. But that doesn't mean that Arkansas is going to be the better team or play better. There's so many intangibles, so many things to work through in an opening game uh, that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna see unfold before our very eyes. Luke Fickle made a great point about it. You know, you don't get a joint practice, you don't get a preseason game. It's like the only league. I mean, I remember in high school we played preseason games. You know, you just jump right into it and boom, that's on your record. Whatever happens. So, I think it's a disadvantage for Cincinnati that they have to. You know, they've got – they know who their starting quarterback is. They've already decided that. They're not going to tell everybody, but they've decided who their starting quarterback is. But for Cincinnati, going into that game with the unknown, you know, I think is a challenge. And I don't want to rehash that because we talked about that a lot on Monday's show. I went back through, you know, the history of quarterback battles where it's been 1A, 1B. So I don't want to go through all that again. Uh, but usually the guy that you name in camp doesn't always end up being the starter throughout, especially when it's a real battle, you know, not when it's just like this guy's the obvious choice, when it's a real competition like they have right now at Cincinnati. So be interesting to see how things shake out in that regard. Arkansas has their team captains, Jalen Catalan, K.J. Jefferson, no big surprise. Bumper pool, not really a surprise either. Dalton Wagner, maybe a little bit of a surprise, but not a big surprise at all because, you know, I think you could also say, you know, Ricky Stromberg would have been a good candidate also, but Dalton, Dalton Wagner certainly uh, more than deserving in a six-year, about to be a fourth-year starter with them at right tackle. Um, guy that I really always enjoy interviewing, super positive dude. So those are your four captains, but again – could have been, you know, a lot of guys. Simeon Blair would have been another good candidate for a captain. Curtis Wilkerson always comes out with keys to victory and five burning questions. We don't change the keys to victory very much, but we do the the, the five burning questions. Well, the hogs hit the ground running. So there's been a lot of talk about liquor and iced tea, obviously, this week, and it's going to be so over. You're going to get sick of hearing it because it's a great quote, but everybody's, you know, using it. But um, to me, no matter what they throw at Arkansas, whether it's liquor or iced tea, if it's liquor and they come with all kinds of, you know, they come with exotics and, you know, you know they try to – maybe they don't come out in their three three five, maybe a different look on defense, blitz a lot more from the linebackers. Um, as I mentioned, blitzing from the secondary also. If they try to do all that stuff, to me the best medicine is – well, probably the best thing to do is to stay sober and run the ball. You know, stay sober and run them over. That's probably the best medicine because you know you can run. You know, Cincinnati gave up a pretty decent amount of rushing yards last year, almost 150 yards a game, which, you know, probably about middle of the pack in the country. Uh, it's not just, you know, an overwhelming amount. But they gave up some rushing yards last year. And, uh, 
So I would say that, you know, that's probably a good thing that you know you can count on, you know, whether it's K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, A.J. Green, Rashad DeBinion, we'll probably see him some too, um, you know, run the ball. But at the same time, you know, use the use the run to set up the pass too because, you know, once once those safeties start creeping up a little bit, then you're going to want to hit them over the top of the pass. That's a good question too is, is Arkansas's receivers as good as advertised. That's number two on Curtis's list. Our Arkansas – by the way, congrats to Curtis Wilkerson getting married this weekend. I mentioned last week it's the only time they could get the venue. So, they're getting married on a Sunday also. So, uh, congratulations to Curtis and Michelle. Are the Razorbacks receivers as good as advertised? Man, I'm going to eat a lot of crow. I, I, I have said also – I'm going to eat a lot of crow, I should say, if I'm wrong. I have said, though, also that, you know, can they take what they're doing in the practice field to the game field? That's the big question because in practice, they look great. I think it's a great-looking group of wide receivers, maybe the best-looking total group since 2010, I know they had – or 2011, I should say. But I know they have, uh, you know, lost Traylon Burks and everything. But I'm talking about the whole – group of wide receiver. I'm not talking about the best wide receiver maybe in program history. I'm talking about, man, one through 12, and especially one through four. I think this is a, a really intriguing group. I think it's definitely the longest group of wide receivers that we've seen. Um, you know, Matt Landers, I think, is going to be a guy that's physical after the catch, a guy that you don't want to tackle, um, and a guy that, you know, if you hit him in stride, he's gone. 200 meters Probably, you know, maybe the fastest 200-meter guy on the team. Jaden Hazelwood, more of a, a tough catch guy, a guy that turns into a running back after the catch. And, uh, you know, Warren Thompson, I, I like Warren Thompson in the end zone. Uh, you know, he's doing a lot of things that, to me, Traylon Burks did in low red zone work in practice last year. But none of that stuff matters. they got to take it to the game field. Will they be in sync with K.J. Jefferson? I think they will. But I've talked them up pretty good bit. Is Arkansas's revamped D-line up for the challenge? You know, last year Arkansas brought in three – key transfers on the defensive line, and all three of them started. This year they brought in three key transfers on the defensive line, and they're all three right now backups. Now, obviously the guys that are returning I think are better than they were last year, but what is – you know, is is Eric Gregory better than Markel Lutze? Is Zach Williams or Jashad Stewart, are they better than Trey Williams was last year? Is Isaiah Nichols better than John Ridgway? You know, the thing that I don't think people realize or maybe remember about Isaiah Nichols, first of all, he's logged quite a bit of starts under his belt in his career. Uh, but he comes off the ball really fast. He's 6'3", 315 now. And I can remember when, about when he was about 280, 290 or so, just thinking, man, he really comes off the ball well. So he's obviously added weight each of those last couple of years. Last year he played about 300 pounds. So he's the biggest he's been in his career. But you got to have those backups play. It's the group that gets more tired than any other position on the field. you got to have the backups play. How will things shake out at cornerback? I think it'll be Hudson Clark, Dwight McLaughlin. But I think you'll also see a pretty steady rotation of those guys. Either they're really deep at cornerback or they got a lot of problems at cornerback because it seems like the most unsettled position. And, of course, will Cincinnati make the right call at quarterback? I like Prater just because of his potential. I don't think you can measure running ability and stuff in camp. Uh, but Ben Bryant's got a big arm. I think they'll go with Ben Bryant. I think that's what most people are expecting. Keys to victory almost always remain the same. Penalties, turnovers, special teams. I call it the TPS report. Injuries always play a big factor also. Arkansas stayed pretty healthy on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe a benefit of them not tackling live. Will that play a factor in this game? They tackled in individual drills in, you know, more controlled environment and not – they just did thud up in the two scrimmages. But Arkansas is overall – I mean, they came out of all of camp and everything healthy. They got – you know, they had a couple guys banged up here and there, but nothing long-term at all, nothing that's going to cause anybody to miss the first game. You know, Torian Carter was injured in the spring, Dominic Johnson. You know, they, these were all injuries that were before camp. So, they've done pretty good. And then, of course, his, uh, we always add a bonus one, and it's iced tea or liquor. What will Arkansas's liquor be? What will their liquor be to combat if, uh, if Cincinnati wants that kind of party? Malik Hornsby? If you're very aggressive, Arkansas's done very good on counters. You know, could, we could see a lot of counters in the run game. Try to exploit their speed, work their speed against them. You know, there's, a, there's just a lot of unknowns with Cincinnati. 
they, their offensive line is is similar. They got all the starters back. They got one guy that's kind of banged up. They moved the right tackle into right guard. They have a former walk on at right tackle that they really like. Um, got a battle going on, I believe, at left guard also from a returning starter and a sophomore. So they've got some some action going there on the offensive line still, uh, even though they return all the starters. And then, you know, you flip to Arkansas's defensive line, the matchup there. You know, it's an experienced group because they're not starters all returning, but they're all the top backups. Like everybody but the starters are returning on the defensive line. So they've got – you know, guys that have played a lot of ball. Because your starters generally only play about 60% of the snaps anyway. Plus, they got, you know, they boosted the defensive line with, with some transfer stuff. So, we'll see how that shakes out. That'll be – that's an interesting thing to watch. Is Arkansas good on the defensive line or they average? Cincinnati's got to replace their top two leading rusher. One of them, obviously, Desmond Ritter, Jerome Ford also, who was drafted by Cleveland in the fifth round. Um, but the, the other two guys, Ryan Montgomery, Charles McClellan, both pretty experienced backs. Montgomery led him with 6.8 yards per carry last year, had 312 yards. So, you know, those guys have run the ball. If you look at Cincinnati versus Power 5 run defense, Cincinnati put up 172.6 rushing yards a game last season, the majority of those against uh, American Athletic Conference opponents. Um, which is fourth in the SC, in the AAC, they uh, they racked up 247 yards against Miami, Ohio last year. So when they faced Power Five opponents, and including Notre Dame, obviously, they inclus- included major conference opponents in, in Notre Dame. They ran for 118 yards, 93 yards, and 74 yards. That was against Indiana Hoosiers, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and Alabama Crimson Tide. They averaged 3.1 yards a carry. So a significant drop in production on the running game versus, uh, you know, playing those AAC opponents, which obviously you would expect. A lot of questions about Arkansas run defense. Got to replace a bunch at linebacker. Got Drew Sanders in. Bumper pull returns with 125 tackles. You know, Jalen Catalan's a sure tackler. Monteric Brown was a really good tackling cornerback. Will that be missed? That's a good question. Arkansas finished ninth in the SEC in 2021 with 153.9 rushing yards allowed per game. So, tougher opponents that they faced, but average, you know, giving up more uh, than than Cincinnati did. Although, you know, they held B. John Robinson to 69 yards on 19 carries in week two. Texas running backs, stud. Obviously, there's a secret at quarterback. We talked about that a little bit. Will it be Prater? Will it be Bryant? We think it'll be Ben Bryant. We think we'll also see Prater. I think you can almost count on that. I guess unless Bryant comes in and just lights it up, maybe not. Maybe they don't want to mess with it. They got to re- replace Alec Pierce, who was drafted last year also, or in April, I should say. Arkansas has got to replace Traylon Burks, kind of a similar deal for them. Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker, both very fast. And um, they were the second and third options last year. Jaden Thompson has some experience also. And both of those tight ends return, Josh Wiley, Leonard Taylor, both the top two tight ends. Wiley actually led him in catches in 2020 in the shortened season. It was only 28 catches, but he led him. Will the secondary be a strength of the defense? I think it could be, especially when you talk about the safeties. And injury report looking pretty clean. Looking pretty clean for Arkansas on the injury report. So how does Arkansas match up with Cincinnati defense? They returned a lot of defensive playmakers. You know, we kind of, you know, I kind of went over this back, you know, the other day, but so I don't want to go into that too much. But, um, you know, the the interesting battle, um, you know, they've got to replace some linebackers. They got to replace their top two cornerbacks from last year. One of the cornerbacks was a first round draft pick, and the other guy won the Thorpe Award. So that that's a lot to replace. They got to replace the top two linebackers, although they like their linebackers. They like the backups. They they played a significant amount of snaps for them last year. Get a bunch back on the on the uh, defensive line. So normally we'd have Curtis because we we split this deal up. That's why I'm not like as in the know on this on this side of the ball. Because uh, Curtis handles this side of the ball, and then I'll handle the other side of the ball, and then we'll have Curtis on Thursday's show to kind of talk about it. But obviously, he's in—he's um, getting married in Virginia. For those who don't know, 
Send Curtis a gift. <laughs> it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how Arkansas starts out. Also, there's been a lot of talk about whether you take the ball if you win the toss. I say you defer to the second half. I just think that's smart football. I don't think you try to win the game right off the bat. Try to win the game in the second half. I always I prefer personally like coming to the end of the half and knowing if I have the ball here, I may get back-to-back possessions. Or if I don't have the ball, it's not a big deal because I still get it. Versus they have the ball, they score right before half, and they get the ball back. That can be a backbreaker. So, to me, always defer to the second half. Take the ball in the second half. But Arkansas has gotten off to a little bit of a slow start in recent games where they had a long layoff. They didn't start off very well last year. I've mentioned many times, 13 penalties, 117 yards, fumbling the opening kickoff, 10-7 down at halftime, down in the third quarter. You know, like it, I think it was 17-10 at one point. Um, so, uh, didn't start off very well last year. Obviously, Georgia – now, that's not defensive, but offensively. Georgia started off great defensively uh, in 2020. Not a very good start on offense. Obviously, you're facing Georgia, so it's maybe a little bit different. Uh, and the, the Outback Bowl game against Penn State, they didn't just – you know, they didn't set the world on fire on offense to come in out of the gate either. So, will Arkansas change that narrative a little bit in this one and come out and have a great start? I don't know if I talked about who's the best Arkansas wide receiver, but I, I, I talked, you know, I mentioned this to Sam Pittman Wednesday, his last press conference with us. And just, he kind of feels the same as I do, just changing your mind every single week on who's the best wide receiver. It's going to be really interesting to see how that, that plays out. And, you know, KJ's development, is he faster? Because he's shed a little bit of weight, still listed at 240, but he looks a little bit slimmer. Is he faster? Is he still as buck as he was? What's the relationship with those wide receivers? All right. How many people we got watching? Because you want to be on right now because we got Josh Pate coming up. So I'm going to go to my man, Josh Pate. Pate's coming into town. For those of you who don't know, we we had our suspicions that Pate was going to come to Fayetteville for the Cincinnati game. But he will be here for the Cincinnati game as part of his, his tour. He goes to a different place each week. So him and his crew are coming into town. We're going to make sure they, they get all squared away. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Josh, how you doing, man? Hey, man. Hey. So, Josh Pate joining us. Again, you can follow Josh on Twitter, at LateKickJosh. He's also the host of The Late Kick with Josh Pate, which you can watch on YouTube. Does a fantastic job. Maybe a closet Razorback fan. I don't know if anybody quite gets from the national media quite gets what it means to be a Razorback more than you do, Josh. Welcome to the show. Well, I appreciate you, Biddy. I, I answered the I answered the phone like you were calling me from a prison because I had video playing, so there were two voices <laughs> at once. So that's why that sounded like that. Um, look, I don't have to be closeted. I I specifically structure our show so that I can have all the biases, I guess is the plural there, that I want. So, I mean, I am not even hiding my excitement. I'm going to get on a plane in a few hours. I'm coming to see you guys. That's about 60% of the reason to cover an Arkansas game is to collaborate with Trey Biddy. I'll admit that out there, too. So, a lot of excitement, not just because it's week one, either. Yeah, it's super excited to have you coming in. I've, I've kind of told people, I like, look, he's coming. He may not know he's coming yet, but he's coming. 
And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're now you were there for the Texas A and M game last year, but that was in Arlington. So this is your first trip to Razorback Stadium. So um, what do you what are you expecting to get out of it? I mean, you've been to so many places now. What are you expecting to see on Saturday in Fayetteville? What are your What are your pregame expectations? Yeah. So last year, week two, when Texas came in there, I was in Ames, Iowa for Iowa State versus Iowa. And uh, I don't, I didn't regret a lot of the trips I made last year. And I'm not saying I regret going up there, but I regret having missed the environment Mm -hmm. that I saw later that day at Razorback stadium. And uh, I made it a point then and there that we were not going to let next season go by without getting there. So, I mean, first chance we got, we're coming over there. I think it is one of the most underrated home atmospheres in America right now, only because I think the, I think the country's been a little slow to come around, Trey. You guys get it. I mean, it's happening in your backyard. I get it because I'm paying attention. I don't think a lot of the nation gets not just what Sam Pittman's doing, but you know it's kind of a groundswell around there. And if you're there, I'm not explaining anything new to you, but if you live in Evansville, Indiana, it may be weird. You may say, like, why aren't people talking about Arkansas so much? Well, turn on the TV Saturday, just like I did last year. Turn on the TV last year. Listen to the Texas players afterwards. Listen to Steve Sarkeesian. Look at the deer in the headlights look on the faces of people who play in major venues a lot. I imagine we may see this with Cincinnati Saturday. It's not their first go-around. They played in big moments. But, I mean, I think one of the key points of this game that we're going to talk about a little bit is I don't care who is playing quarterback for Cincinnati. It's going to be a first-timer on this level. And they got to walk into the teeth of that stadium at 3.30, man, week one energy especially in that place is no joke. So I think it's going to be incredible and can't wait to be a part of it. Josh Pate joining us again, late kick Josh on Twitter and check out his YouTube. If you guys aren't familiar with Josh Pate's show, I mean, it is, you do such a great job and you're in a new studio now and uh, just, uh, just a tremendous job that you guys are doing. So Josh, what did you think about Sam Pittman and uh, his comment about, about bringing iced tea or liquor. I mean, one of the one of the greatest quotes of the college football season already, and we haven't even kicked off the season. Well, Pittman's like that. You know, the best the best coaches out there. I have found this. This is the case with preachers and coaches. They always have a little anecdote. They always have a saying, and a lot of times they don't even have to laugh when they say it because they're not really even meaning to be joking. It's just the natural way that they see the world and that's how Sam Pittman is a lot of these old school ball coaches are like that because Trey what or, um yeah Biddy, what they've had to do for so long is they've had to take what's happening in their world that they really know the general public doesn't have a clue about and they've had to metaphorically translate it to the general public and they've developed that ability so much that they have They have a little anecdote. They have a little turn of phrase for every single possible sentence and possible scenario in life. So when he said it, you know, I I loved that the rest of the country laughed at it because I I think a lot of us looked at it and said, no, that's just Sam Pittman, man. That's how he is all the time. He's not putting on an act for you. What are you hoping to get out of this weekend, Josh? I mean, I don't want you to tell everywhere you're going to be and what you plan to do, but uh, just kind of a rough idea of like what a college weekend for you kind of has been in the past and, and what you're expecting out of Fayetteville. Yep. So we'll get in there tonight. Um, going to hang out. Well, I'm going to hang out with you tomorrow. I don't know if you know that or not, but I'm going to hang out <laughs> with you tomorrow. I want to get around town. You know, I want to take it in because I've been to Fayetteville before, but not on a football Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have some obligations over at the stadium in the morning with CBS. So we'll do some live hits, but then, you know, my time is mine up until about two hours before kickoff. So, I'll get around. going to go visit the Broyles family. A lot of them I have never visited before, so I'm going to go catch up with them. I am going to make it a point uh, to get around the venue because I've never been inside the stadium. Mm. I always love to do that. I'm fascinated by the architecture of these venues and watching the road team come in, looking at the difference between home and road accommodations, which can be glaring in the SEC sometimes. So a lot of that I look forward to, but also, man, my favorite part of this stuff is when we're in the building early and then they open the door for the general public because from that point and that point where you hear those faint police sirens and you know that that means teams are about to arrive from that point up until they turn the lights out that night, you're on the clock and you're getting to do the best job on the face of this earth. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm looking to get out of Saturday. And the good thing about that Trey, is it always delivers. 
Yep, it absolutely does. Josh Pate joining us, a late kick with Josh Pate. What about this matchup? I know you're high on Arkansas, Josh, but Cincinnati is a team that is used to winning. They've got a great culture there. Luke Fickle obviously getting it done. And usually a lot of times with these teams you think, you know, they're really well coached, but they're going to be outmanned. This is a team that had nine players drafted in the NFL last year. I don't know that Arkansas has even had that happen before. So they obviously attract talent there. Uh, it's a different environment for them, obviously, coming down to Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, playing an SEC team right off the bat. But how do you? what do you think is going to happen in this one? How do you see it playing out? Yeah, so I love to just strip away the logos, and I love to look at teams – sort of in a database format, just look at numbers. Uh, and I don't mean like passing statistics and rushing statistics, but I love to plug all this stuff into our model. And the way I've explained this to folks is pretend they're wearing Florida jerseys, pretend they're wearing LSU jerseys. And the reason I say that is because our computer has, I think, LSU 24, Cincy 25, and Florida 26. So I think a lot of folks, not locally, but I think a lot of folks regionally would take this game more serious if there were that Gator logo or LSU logo coming in there, but the quality of team is every bit what you would get out of LSU in Florida. Um, you know as well as I do, Trey, every week one of every season, there's there's an upset that happens somewhere, or either there's a really competitive game, and even if the favorite wins, you're watching it and you're saying, there are two or three names that popped off of this TV screen that I had never heard about. They weren't in my preview magazines, or, or if they were, they were just in passing, and that's how life is if we're not talking about bama and ohio state where everyone knows every player on the roster some of these teams that are really good in eval and development they have guys ready it's just you and i may not know their names as much as we will after they play i think that's the kind of game we'll see saturday i think you'll see i think you'll see a knife fight uh, and i especially am looking forward to a lot of the offensive line changes in staff but a lot of the returning pieces cincinnati has and a lot of that transfer change that, that Arkansas has had up front, you know, that's that's fascinating to watch to me because you hope that things have gelled. You, you hope that, for example, I've read a lot of your work this week about how you balance working to the thud in practice but then looking to clean up missed tackles on game day because, a, as you have mentioned, Cincinnati was well off pace in yards per rush and yards per game last year against the higher-level competition – does that manifest itself Saturday? Because, man, that's the, that's it. If, if you can get them in obvious pass downs and then you take your chances on a first-time starter for them on the road in your backyard with the secondary, I think, that Arkansas has, you should win that game. That's how I think it'll go. I just think that yeah, I may be wrong. Anyone expecting this thing to be cruise control in the second half, I, I don't necessarily know has a firm grip on what kind of program Cincinnati is. Absolutely. Again, you can follow him at Late Kick Josh on Twitter. Watch his show on YouTube, The Late Kick with Josh Pate. Just does a fantastic job. Josh, we're so excited to have you in town. And uh, I think we got you all squared away. You got your hotel. You kind of, you guys, uh, CBS kind of scrambling to get you all settled down, but you got a good place to stay and uh, got everything worked out for tomorrow. And uh, Saturday, we'll, uh, we can't wait to see you. So. I had some more. I don't have any more questions for you because you get so much information out in a short amount of time, which is a really good trait. So um, we just look forward to seeing you on well tomorrow and uh, and on Saturday. All right, brother. Hey, everyone else listening, looking forward to seeing you guys. Can't wait to get up there. All right, Josh. Appreciate you, brother. All right, everybody. How great was that? Josh Pate just does a fantastic job covering college football all the way around. If you haven't. If, you, if you're a Razorback fan and you haven't checked out his show, I would hope that that interview right there, you know, gets you going. So, does a great job. Definitely something to watch every single week. Dude gets a lot of – like, I had some questions for him, but he goes so fast and he has so much information. There's not just a lot of dead words in there that I'm just like left at the end just kind of like – Okay, I think I think we covered it. <laughs> I didn't want to give away a bunch of stuff like where he's planning on going and stuff just to just to keep the uh, the horde away from him because I know everybody would want to come up and shake that dude's hand because he does such a good job. Like a lot of national people, a lot of national analysts and stuff like, like they all they do is like with hot takes and uh, you know say a bunch of controversial stuff. 
And, you know, that's kind of how they make their living. Josh and his team do the research. They have great takes. They don't rely on ne- – no, they be negative sometimes, but they don't rely on negativity to get their point across. So that's one of the, the things I think that really separates Josh Pate from a national standpoint is they do the research. It's not hot takes. It's really well-thought-out analysis, and it's fun at the same time. So great guest to have on with us. Where are we headed next? I don't know how we can top that, really. Can we top it? No. Can't beat it. A lot of recruiting stuff going on, obviously. Uh, on 9-1 at midnight, coaches could reach out to juniors. Isn't that calendar so messed up? Like, you hear about offers and all this stuff. They haven't even reached out to them yet. August 1st is the first day that you can receive an official written scholarship. August 1st for a senior in high school. Arkansas's commit list is almost filled up, and now they can finally offer them scholarships officially. The calendar's just so messed up. Like, they just need to they need to move that. I don't see – like, to me, you should be able to offer a written scholarship to anybody you want. If you want to offer an eighth grader then a written scholarship, you should be able to do it then. I think it would lower the amount of eighth graders that are receiving written scholarships because a lot of coaches just say it. You say you get a scholarship because you don't want to get cut from a player's list before you even had time to evaluate them. So this is where things are. August 1, seniors can receive scholarship offers. Juniors can start hearing from hog coaches on September 1st. Danny's got a nice breakdown of, of you know, all the guys that were, were contacted uh, by Arkansas last night. And, I mean, obviously it's going to continue on. Layden Blocker, Arkansas commit for the class of 2023, has received his composite five-star ranking big time. 6'2", 175-pound point guard. He is ranked the number 25 prospect in the entire country on the composite, number four point guard, and number two in Kansas. He plays can He plays at Sunrise Christian. So, but he's an Arkansan. So, congratulations to Layden Blocker, yet another five-star on Arkansas. I mean, Danny West always comes up with, like, the top, recru- top ten recruits signed by Arkansas, and last year that list changed a lot, and I guess it'll continue to change. This is like, you know, all time. Danny also has a really great article. One of my favorite things he does is recruiting battles, Arkansas versus Cincinnati. Now, obviously, you wouldn't expect a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of recruiting battles, but, um, you know, he breaks down some other things. Cincinnati's top five highest rated current players, Evan Prater, Leonard Taylor, Corey Kinnear, Kenner. Blue Smith, Jawan Briggs. Also Arkansas's Jaden Hazelwood, Drew Sanders, Landon Jackson, Isaiah Satania, Hudson Henry, top five recruits. Uh, but he breaks down everything. The roster by state, a lot of Texas flavor, a lot of Arkansas, obviously, a lot of Georgia lately. I'll tell you what's interesting. There's only one player from Louisiana on Arkansas's roster. Cincinnati dominated by the state of Ohio, as they should be. They're in Cincinnati, 72 from the state of Ohio, 72. There are 10 Arkansas players who had Cincinnati offers, so not a lot of cross-recruiting between those two, and uh, only three for Cincinnati who had Arkansas offers. But he breaks down all that stuff, team recruiting rankings year by year over the last, what, five years, transfer class ranking, all that stuff you can find at Hog Sports under Danny West articles. Um, again, you need a VIP subscription. But as I mentioned, it's $1 for your first month right now. But just wait. Just wait till Friday night. No, wait till Thursday night at 11 because we're central times. So Thursday night at 11, just get on the site. We've got something, you know, we'll run through the weekend. So Today's not the day to sign up until 11 o'clock. Predictions. How do we see it playing out? So many unknowns with the first game. Six-point spread. I like Arkansas to cover that. I think it may be a little more low scoring. I went 34-24. I just look at some trends with, um, you know, when schools – that are, you know, programs that are really big from, uh, you know, mid-major type conference, group of five conferences, I should say, when they're really good from those type conferences and they play. Now, the 2006 Oklahoma 
Boise game was maybe an exception, but when they play out of conference, like usually the score is a little bit lower when they play a really good team. And that's why I think maybe they're bringing ice tea, kind of sit and, you know, bide their time a little bit, try to keep the game going into the fourth quarter versus rolling the dice a lot. So I think maybe ice tea in this one for Cincinnati, but, um, that's kind of how I see it playing out, try to keep the score low and try to win the game in the fourth quarter for Cincinnati. But I think Arkansas will be uh, just a little bit too much. So I went 34-24 Arkansas. I think if, if Cincinnati wins, we're talking about like a 21-17 Cincinnati win. If Arkansas wins, it could be still low scoring, but I think it will probably be more, you know, Arkansas scoring in the 30s, a little high sco- more slightly higher scoring game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How good was Josh Pate? Like, I was kind of stumbling at the end. I was like, I don't, I don't have any more questions for you. I hope to see you soon, Josh. Uh, bye. You know, it wasn't the sharpest ending to uh, an interview like that. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to some questions now. We've got a few more minutes. Clay Simpson says he wants a Hogsports t-shirt. I'm thinking about opening a little store for some gear. Christopher Stein says, are you surprised with Vandy's win over Hawaii, 63-10? I mean, it didn't start off like it was going to be, you know, anything close to that. But, you know, that quarterback that they have right, uh, he's – uh. Arkansas offered him with the previous staff. You know, they really liked him. So I'm not surprised that he, especially Danny, Danny really liked the kid. Um, but I'm not surprised that he, um, you know, has turned out to be a baller. So Patrick Baker says, I must just like your voice because most of the time you literally just say what the coach says in his press conference, but I always watch it anyway. That's not true. I have my own takes. I don't believe that. Does other people believe that? Am I just regurgitating what Sam Pittman says? Is that the whole show? I hope not. I mean, I am interacting in that press conference, which, again, is what I say separates me from a lot of other media reporters out there and a lot of shock jocks and whatnot is, you know, I talk about what I see at practice because I'm there, uh, what happened at the press conference because I'm the one – you know, one of the ones asking questions. I think probably asked more questions than anybody. But um, – and a lot of people you don't you don't get that from. You know, they just say – most most people – most people are reporting what reporters are reporting. They're like – they're using me as a middleman, and then they go talk about what I said. But maybe I am. Maybe I'm just regurgitating Sam Pittman. Maybe it's because I'm sitting there talking with him. I don't know. I hope that's not true. Let me know in the comments if you think that's true, and I'm going to change it. Can't wait to watch us get this. Oops. Can't wait to watch us get this win and watch the walk and talk. You know, I'm always – I'm not nervous about the walk and talk because I just do it, but, like, there is – because you don't – you can't rehearse the walk and talk. And I always – you know, I don't rehearse this show. I put some notes up, you know, and I kind of go from there. And, you know, sometimes that's bad and sometimes it's good. I think people probably – prefer a little bit of more casual approach and, you know, speaking off the top of my head, which is what the walk and talk is all about. So that's kind of makes you a little nervous because you don't really know what's going to come out of my mouth when I'm doing it. You know, there's no like, okay, I got to, I'm going to hit this point, hit this point, hit this point on my walk and talk. It's not like that. Prediction on which team will score the first touchdown. 
Cincinnati. <laughs> I don't know. Arkansas. Will you be doing the pregame questionnaire and postgame statistics? Pregame questionnaire. Postgame statistics. I'm not sure what you mean exactly, Justin. Joey Burns says, do you think Cincinnati will test us by running the ball to see if we can stop the run early? Yeah, I think they will. I mean, they um, they ran for a pretty decent amount of yardage last year. Now I mentioned what they did against, you know, major college teams in Notre Dame. Not, not that impressive. I really think that our passing game is going to surprise teams this year. I'm hoping what we do Cincinnati will also run. Christopher Stein says, love Josh's podcast. Yeah, it's great. Brian Malone says, what's the diff- What's the attendance going to look like Saturday? I think it'll be north of 70. I mean, there's always p- people that wake up and like, ah, I don't know when I'm going to go to the game. Maybe somebody gets too inebriated and doesn't make it into the game. So, And, and you know, they go by ticket scanned. I don't know if they go by ticket sold as much as ticket scanned. I'm not sure on that. Maybe need to get some clarification because it's changed a lot. It used to be estimated. They used to say, like, okay, this is how many tickets were sold. This is how many media people, how many concession people, referees, teams, staffers, coaches, ushers, all that stuff used to be factored in. I talked to Rick Schaefer about how they used to do it. That's why the largest crowd in Razorback Stadium history probably won't be broken because it's an estimated crowd. It's the Alabama game in 2010, I think. I mean, they've added 4,000 seats to the stadium. You can't tell me that Texas wasn't the largest crowd in the history of Razorback Stadium, but it was 7,400-something. A couple thousand shy. I mean, the record is like 76,000-something when the stadium was 72,000 seats. So that's that will never be broken until they change that or go back and revise it. Randy Smith says, we don't know how many seats are in the stadium still to this day. We don't know an exact number. I guarantee you it didn't go from exactly 72,000, which I don't also think was estimated, to exactly 76,000. Hope this secondary – can play some man so they can get after the quarterback a little more. I mean, that's what they think they can do. They think they're going to be able to play more man. So we'll see. They're not going to get a pass rush uh, running a three-man front, 3-2-6 anyway. They're just not. Last year they were second to last in the SEC in sacks allowed. That will probably happen again if that's what they do, just because there's not a true edge guy. We will see some 3-3-5. We're going to see Drew Sanders line up on the line of scrimmage. wouldn't surprise me to see that right out of the gate even. So that's probably where they aim to get the pass rush most. I think we could also see some, maybe not a three-three-five. Uh, I mean, it's all all that stuff's just kind of semantics, really. But like, I think we could see maybe a four-man front where they have a couple of defensive ends on the line of scrimmage. You know, if they don't have Drew Sanders in, because that package three-three-five is really there for Drew Sanders. But I could also see them using that and maybe having just Shad Stewart as an extra guy out there. He might be next to another defensive end. You know, I could see them doing something like that too. Trey, which player on offensive defense separates themselves as a star in game one? One of the wide receivers, potentially one of the wide receivers, and I'm not sure which one, and I think Drew Sanders. I mean, everybody else has already, like, you know, stamped that. So I would say maybe Drew Sanders. You know, like, you can't say, like, Bumper Pool established it or Jalen Catalan established it. They've already done that. Adrian Lamb says, is T-Knox our sleeper player? I think he can be a difference maker in the red zone. Who is the sleeper player? There's going to be somebody. Nobody was talking about Dominic Johnson last year. I was a little bit. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I, I liked the guy from the spring that year when I was ready to move him to linebacker. And I was like, hey, you know what? This guy's got pretty good balance, pretty good tackle breaker. Surprising speed. So who's going to be the surprise player? Because, I mean, you can think back year after year, there's always been somebody. Is it going to be one of the wide receivers? Is it going to be like uh, – I say it was Dominic Johnson last year, but Warren Thompson kind of was that too. I mean, he was a guy that wasn't even put on scholarship until heading into week four. And he'd had a 60-yard bomb the week before, a touchdown bomb. Had a couple catches against Texas before that. So who are going to be the guy – there's going to be somebody or maybe a couple guys who are like – didn't expect that from him. And maybe the coaches have a little bit of an idea. I don't think that they knew about Dominic Johnson fully because he didn't. it took him like eight weeks to get this, you know, more than six carries in a game. But I think a red, red zone guy – first of all, I think that uh, Jaden Hazelwood is a guy that can make really tough catches. 
So maybe he's a red zone guy. And from what I've seen of Warren Thompson, I think that he has a chance to be too. And then Matt Landers, I mean, 6'5". <laughs> so Mac Farley says, when Cincinnati has played any high-level team, they, they've lost – they play in a weak conference. I mean, they beat Notre Dame. Indiana wasn't chopped liver last year. So, I don't know if that's – I would say that's entirely true. I mean, they lost to Alabama. A lot of teams lost to Alabama. Arkansas lost to Alabama. So, I don't know if I would say that's entirely fair to say that they've just lost any high-level team they've played because that's, that's not true. Do they play in a weak conference? It's not – it's – out of the group of five, it's probably the strongest – it's probably the sixth best conference in the country. Arkansas would have beaten them last year, man. Possibly, yeah. It's possible. Definitely possible. I mean, I think Arkansas would have been the best team they played last year. Ben Luber says, two days away from the next Trey Biddy walk and talk. Tyler Toba says, walk and talk number one. Christopher Stein says, walk and talk. <laughs> A lot of walk and talk talk. A lot of walk and talk talk. 42-14, big second half by Arkansas. David Mills says, love the show. Appreciate you. <laughs> I got here late. Is Trey cussed yet? Nope, haven't cussed. Made it through the show without cussing. Outlook is fresh. Love the show. Appreciate that, everybody. I really appreciate all the uh, all the praise. That's Really nice to hear. Uh, it's good to know that people like what you're doing, right? I appreciate that. I am going to try to get to some questions, though. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. One guy. I'm going to read the review because I loved it. I really appreciate it. And I know he's watching because he says he watches every time. I'm going to read the review that this dude left. And I want you to read a, leave a review, please. One, he was the only person that left a review. The only guy after I said, please, if you like the show. Now, I know that, what, 749 people have left reviews, so there's a lot of people watching this show right now anyway. But on Apple Podcasts, it really helps. It really does. Love Trey, Danny, and gang. As a former hog who doesn't respect a lot of opinions about football, especially my hogs, I listen to every show. VIP subscriber. Appreciate that. I read the articles and watch YouTube practice clips. I even got a shout-out in an article about Sam. I think I remember that. The whole team is knowledgeable, personable, and interactive. Love how Trey can't hide his passion for the hogs. He wears it on his sleeve. I don't know about that. It's a great review. I really appreciate that. Leave us five stars on the rating. If you don't want to leave a review, that's fine. You can just go in there and hit five stars. But we love to see the reviews. And if it's great, I'll read it on the air. Corey Atkin, dry heave, maybe you add plenty of other content. Love your work. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. I know Josh Pate has a, a gift where he's going like that. He sent it to me. I sent him back the one of me going when I said F-U-C. I was like, could you see Arkansas win 10, 11, and maybe 12 game and have an undefeated season? Shocking Alabama, Texas A&M, I think 10 maybe. you got to get lucky. You know, I think back to, like, how lucky Tennessee got 98, obviously, with the fumble uh, situation. But before that, against Syracuse, there's, like, a completely phantom pass interference call, like, in their opening game where they get put in field goal range to win the game. You know, so, like, every team that wins the national championship got to get a little bit lucky. Think about Alabama when they won the – like, you talk, talk about the the Hunter Henry Heave game that knocked Ole Miss out of the SEC championship. I mean, if that doesn't happen for Arkansas, then Alabama doesn't play in the SEC championship game and doesn't go on to win the national championship. Every team's got to have some luck. And maybe it's not your own luck in the game, it's somebody else's. But the ball has to bounce your way. I'm going to use the Houston nut quote. It's my favorite one. That ball don't bounce straight up and down. Yeah, Arkansas can win ten games this year. I mean, I've gone, I went through the schedule and did my picks, and I'm like, man, I like it. But where I had to pull myself back again is knowing the transfer portal has helped everybody. Okay, just because I think this is the deepest, most balanced Arkansas team that I've ever covered in 19 years doesn't mean that everybody else isn't saying, man, we really filled some holes. And Arkansas hit, man. 
Like that's one thing that I talk about is they hit on the transfer portal. Those guys are all factoring in. There's not a dud in those transfers. Um, and did everybody have that experience? There's so many unknowns about this season. I think it's why it's so hard to pick. But do I have confidence that T.J. Finley is a good quarterback or that Auburn is about to implode? No. But do I also know how, you know, last year with Jashad Stewart forcing that fumble, how it was called stop forward progress? Do I know the year before where um, – oh, Oregon quarterback now, Knicks – Spiked the ball behind him, and Arkansas recovered the fumble, but they were still allowed to go on and win the game. Yeah, I'm, I know how that happened. Uh, do I remember Tremaine Thomas stripping the ball at the goal line in 2010 and they still getting a touchdown? Yeah, I remember all that stuff. So that's kind of why I went with, like, I think they're going to win their home games, maybe aside from Alabama. You know, that would be the one. But I think they're going to take care of the home games. But, you know, it was hard for me to just say 10 wins. That's a big number. So I said, you know what? Maybe somebody scrounged them. I mean, there's a, you got to think, like when you're, we're looking at this game, like if Arkansas played each of these games week one, and we know that's not how it's going to be throughout the season. We know it's going to change. All right? So that, but that's all we have to go on. But we know injuries are going to play a factor somewhere. Is it going to be positive for Arkansas or negative? You know, or injuries are going to play a factor. Um, man, they really need a buy. You know, that kind of attitude. Um, there are all sorts of things like that that can play a role throughout the season and change your perception of how a game, you know, matches up. Uh, do they show – are they just down one week? Are they just not clicking on all cylinders? That's how it was at the Auburn game last year. Just wasn't clicking on all cylinders. Um, so, you know, I just kind of went with, you know, kind of a random didn't show up kind of game. So I went with nine wins. But ten wins, absolutely. I think if I look at every single game right now on paper, I like Arkansas in ten of the games. I think it's maybe even a, just a toss-up at Mississippi State. But I've got respect for Mike Leach, Will Rogers, you know, that environment. You know, Starkville, for those who haven't been to Starkville in a number of years, um, it's a lot different stadium than it was a decade ago. A lot different. And it's annoying. And, you know, they cheat. They ring those cowbells. Can't tell me they're not going to ring the cowbells when the game's on the line. They may adhere through three quarters. Dustin Hooper says this game might come down to big special teams play, big punt or kick up turn, big field goal to extend the lead. And that's where I like Arkansas's special teams. Factor that in. You know, factor in, you see a close game. Well, do they have a returning starter at quarterback? No. How do they feel about the special teams? They got a better kicker than Cam Little? Probably not. Do you think we see Hornsby on an end around? Would they use some? I think uh, I think we will see Malik Hornsby in some capacity. I think that's absolutely going to happen. Will Causey says, I want surprise not to be a player, but a fast start. Yeah. Stay sober and run them over. Absolutely. Need to get on them early, says Zan, Zach Van. Bring liquor to the walk and talk. That could be a problem. Josh mentioned upsets or close games week one. Let's see. What else we got? We're going to wrap it up with this from Christopher Stein. If you had a favorite team, if you had a favorite team per conference, what is it? If you had a favorite team per conference in the D1 college football, who would it be? Minor Arkansas, South Alabama. Ah, I'm getting so many things that's jumping. Wake Forest, Michigan State, Arizona State, a few other for all of per conference. Um, I change up a lot. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say there's a Big Ten team that I would like, you know, kind of adopt as much as maybe would like to see fail. <laughs> um you know, Michigan's probably on that list, too, just for the way that, uh, you know, they canceled the game. I was looking forward to going to the big house, so that didn't sit well with me. Um, I don't know if I'd say there's a team that I really adopt. It probably changes year to year. All right. I think we covered everything. It was a great interview with Josh Pate. I hate that I couldn't end it with a punch. I was just kind of left like, uh, okay, you know, because he covered so much. Like he's, that is something that I always look for in a media person. Can you get out a lot of information in a short amount of time? 
Peyton may be the best at that. So does a great job. Super thankful to have him on the show. Super thankful to have you guys on the show. We would not be able to do what we do. I love Josh Page. You go to his Twitter. The thing that's pinned on there is, hey, thanks for letting us do this job. And I feel the exact same way. We could not do this work without you guys. As Danny West says, it's not hard work, but we work really hard at it. So thank you to all you guys for enjoying our free content and especially to our subscribers for signing up for our VIP subscription. Again, it's just a secret. I'm not supposed to really announce this, but we're not doing the show tomorrow, and I wanted to make sure everybody knows. Wait till 11 o'clock Thursday night. We got something for you. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Next time I talk to you guys, I'll be walking around, leaving the stadium. Hopefully we'll have some good stuff to say. You never know how it's going to play out week one. All right, everybody. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. Coming to you from Hogsports Studios. Next time we'll be from Razorback Stadium. And we'll catch you next time.